0: certainly have fears that there is a serial killer at Lucent Perth.
1: Sarah Spears, Jane Rimmer, Kira Glennon.
2: And every time you saw a young girl walking by you think oh god is she going to be the next victim?
1: Now one man stands accused. If police are right and Edwards is the Claremont serial killer he's been hiding in plain sight for 20 years
0: details of the dramatic early morning raid and arrest of bradley edwards was revealed in court today for the very first time welcome to day 52 of claremont in conversation natalie bongiolo in the studio with Alison fan and tim clark has just stepped out of court to join us well we all vividly remember the day of this arrest but now you've heard a very detailed account of exactly how the operation was executed
2: Yes, this came from um, the first police officer who is part of a very, very big team, uh, Detective senior constable ian berry he was actually part of the search um, team where they had a search warrant but he followed the trg which is our our specialist police task force heavily armed who burst into uh, this home in kewdale back in december 2016 and probably brought to a head wa's biggest and longest manhunt when they arrested
0: telstra technician bradley robert edwards so Tim, this must have been really interesting detail that came out today.
1: Yeah, it was. No, um, just just to have one of the police officers who was there on that on that day was was interesting enough, um, and it was it was a part of a big team, as he said. And I don't suppose DSC Barry would mind saying that he wasn't he wasn't front and centre, but he was certainly part of that team that went in and spent basically two days going through. Three four four Acton Avenue in 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 Kewdale, um, with a very fine tooth comb. Uh, he said he was there was TRG, so they're the heavily armed police. Then there was another team that, that that was the team that was actually to take Mr Edwards away for questioning, and then the searchers went into the home and uh, went through absolutely everything. And uh, Ian Berry was one of those and. His role today was to tell us uh, in particular the pieces of evidence that we've heard about previously back in the first month of the trial personal to Mr Edwards that, that he found in the house and was then tasked to uh, investigate further on. And then he also told us a little bit of other tasks that he was asked to do in terms of the investigation um, basically right up until the middle of last year. And then we, he was he was in court today to talk about it.
0: So, during this two-day search, what did he find that was of note and was of interest?
1: Well, it was a notebook um, Nat, that actually didn't belong to Mr. Edwards. It belonged to his his second wife.
2: wife his yeah, second wife.
1: Mm. We heard about this, um, as I say, right back at the start of the trial um, during the so-called Edwards brief, which was all about his his personal life, and it was to do with the um, the bank details that his wife had taken it upon herself to tabulate. In a notebook, in pen, in in her own handwriting, um, of all the um, withdrawals that Mr. Edwards had made over several years, um, including '96 and like '97, which are obviously the times of of interest. You were listeners who have been with us from the start may remember it was was, this was some discussion because the second wife, Mr. Edwards' second wife, said she did this. Because she was scared stiff of something, but we never we never found out what. Because when she said that comment at this time when she was being asked about this notebook, she was actually stopped in her tracks and said, no, you don't need to go there, which was one of these many unanswered questions that we've had throughout the trial. We,
0: we were, were all, all very frustrated by that at the time. Saying, yeah, yeah, she said were, she
2: was sick of his lies too, yeah, as to exactly. why she was secretly recording the details of his ATM. Um, withdrawals, uh, yeah. which of course, um, two of them from Claremont, which um, Edwards had denied ever being in Claremont prior to 2009. And the transaction showed there were a couple of um, withdrawals the 13th of December 1996.
0: Mm.
1: And that was and at that, Bayview Terrace, was that was it?
2: Bayview Terrace Bank West, yeah.
1: Yeah, which was just metres from um, from the county and the. Mm-hmm. And the and, uh, Club Bay View um, where we know the girls were and, and were last seen at and then uh, it also I mean, and the reason this was brought right by the prosecution was to belie the statement that Mr Edwards made in his he, he, in his police interview where he said oh no I, I, I didn't go near Claremont I didn't know it very well and I hardly ever went there and this was to show that on consecutive weeks in December Ninety-six. Um, not only was he there, but he was actually withdrawing money um, for for what purpose we don't know.
0: And I think from memory, he had said that he had never been to Claremont prior to two thousand and nine.
1: Yeah, hmm. it was it was something along those lines. Matt. you're absolutely right, um, and that was obviously the prosecution when they found this notebook in the um, house. This interested them greatly and that's why um, DSC Berry was, um, was tasked to, um, to, to track down these withdrawals and to see if um, um, the old Mrs Edwards had, um, had uh, jotted them down right. And so he was tasked to get in touch with the banks, try and find the, 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 uh, the withdrawals and the statements and, um, and cross-check them off and so that's that's what he did and it, it took him it took him some time but uh, that was uh, that was one of his jobs
2: and um, looking at the vision I just went back and had a look at the vision for tonight's um, television story and they were bringing out cartons and cartons of um, stuff from the house that was sort of like just never-ending carrying out stuff of course some of it we're told can't be brought into this trial because the judge previously uh, didn't think it was relevant, did he? I mean, there was some stuff that was going to come out, but um, we have um, heard about uh, some of the more interesting aspects that he had on his uh, television or his recordings. Yeah, but, um, devices. Yeah.
1: Um, you don't, mate, you me might want me to one? I do. You can go word, for that,
2: t- Tim. Porn, you can get done on that. Porn,
1: <laughs> that's what they found. Hundreds yeah. and thousands of pornographic mm. pictures, stories, um, videos which um, the prosecution wanted to bring forward as evidence, but uh, Justice Hall pre-trial ruled that uh, that wouldn't help him in his, his deliberations, um, so he ruled it out. So we won't hear about that in trial, but we have heard about it in pre-trial, which is why we're allowed, we're allowed free to talk about it. There's yeah. been judgments made on it, um, very detailed judgment made on it, which is why we know that um, it was a, more than 100,000 pornographic pictures on various devices, and nearly 2% of those... Were to do with degrading um, material and and rape fantasies and and the like. So um, that was part of the, the the mass of material that that would have been taken from that house. Um, but we only heard a you know a, a tiny little slice of that um, today through um, DSC Berry. But we are expecting more macro detectives, particularly um, Detective Maripodi, who was also at the scene on the day. Um, and took him away, didn't took he? Took him yes. away and yeah. interviewed him so that you know, he, will be, uh, he will be one of many police officers we'll probably hear from.
2: They moved very quickly that day because um, Detective Berry was saying that by the time he got there, which was shortly after, they had already arrested and whisked um, Bradley Edwards away um, and taken him back to the special crime squad headquarters. And um, he that was earlier in the morning, I think it was just after dawn, that they burst into the our houses the TIG tend to do and um, mm. yeah so then after that Detective Berry was quite a busy p- man.
1: Indeed yeah, yeah. he was kept, kept, kept very busy Matt um, uh, with uh, th- these investigative tasks and some, uh, and some s- uh, tasks later on last year actually Um he yeah. was tasked to take some take some exhibits over to Victoria as well.
0: So what did he take over to Victoria? So this is in 2019 he's taking some DNA samples across the country.
1: Yes, that's right. So um, he was tasked to take some quite important exhibits, actually, uh, relating to Kira, and he was tasked to take them to the Victoria Forensic Institute, which is one of the leading um, DNA labs in in Australia, where they do a lot of um, work for Victorian police, obviously, and other outside agencies, which includes the West Australian Police. So um, DSC Berry took these items which were dna samples hair samples and the like over to victoria so they could be uh, retested to um validate that they actually came from kira's post-mortem so that that was um what that little trip over was for and and today's evidence was to get all the continuity in place make Show photos of the exhibits, uh, the the labelling, how they were packaged, how they were taken, whether they were left anywhere, um, and who they were assigned um, when they got to Victoria. Um, and we can uh, the interesting thing about that is is the date that this occurred, which was the middle of last year. So Mr. Yeah. Edmonds has always been already been in custody for more than two years by then. But there's still this intensive work, intensive investigative work going on. Um, for for years after his arrest, basically right up until, you know, weeks before the trial.
0: And it's very interesting, um, the investigations that were taking place last year, because Detective Berry was also asked to investigate historical fireworks. Now, how did he go about that? Hmm. That was to do with the
2: um, so-called um, uh, request from his wife to... Uh, go and watch fireworks and he had to shore up the date of when that occurred, whether it was Australia Day and he said yes, there were fireworks on Australia Day. We're talking about the day that Sarah Spears went missing when Edwards was uh, said by the prosecutors to have felt so rejected by his wife that he then came up to Claremont and abducted and took Sarah Spears. That's the prosecution's case. So we had to check were there fireworks in this area because this was the conversation that they had. And, Tim, he did that, didn't he?
1: Yes. Um, I'm not sure how happy he would have been when he was given this task to do, but he did it very diligently. As Ali said, the records from the, the, the local council had been destroyed. They'd only been kept seven years or so. This is Mandra, which is about uh, 40 minutes south of Perth. Beautiful area. Um, and so... D.S. Berry had to go to the library, old school, and Mm -hmm. um, basically pull every single copy of the Mandra Mail from 1995 and 1996, the hard copies, which the State Library have very diligently kept, and go through every single one, um, which he did over two years, over two days it took him, over two years, um, to find any mention of any local fireworks display. And uh, what he found were there were three over that period of two years and one of them, lo and behold, was on Australia Day 1996, which we know is the last day of Sarah Spears' life, and also the night that Mr Edwards is said to have gone down and to, to supposedly try and reconcile with his then-estranged wife, and but was rebuffed. And uh, yes, it was the... Uh, let me have a look. I'll look. I've got the exhibit right in front of me. It's the Cape Bouvard monster fireworks oh. display was on at 8:30 p.m. on that evening um, so it would it would if mr. Edwards his first wife a strange wife at the time is right um, that is the uh, that is the event that she was invited to and that was the event that mr. Edwards wanted to take her to but didn't get to and the prosecution's case obviously of course is after that rebuff he drove back to Perth and abducted Sarah and uh, and what he allegedly did with he's killer, and obviously we don't know where who remains are to this day. Well, what we do know is that he went to work um, that following uh, weekend. That's right. It was yeah. A long, hmm. It was a long weekend. He was at work, and um, we had with several of his colleagues testify that they remember him getting to work. About what time we don't know. Um, and it, it, it apparently, it was apparently it was just an, another normal working day for Mr. Edwards on that day. And so that is the window between him being supposedly rebuffed by his by his estranged wife obviously prior to the fireworks, which we know now know started at eight thirty. Um, and, and he attended work at around about eight AM the following morning. So it's in that window.
0: You know, I was very interested that um, Detective Berry wasn't cross-examined today because we've had in excess of, what, 150 witnesses and most of them have, have been cross-examined. So it was interesting to me that de- Defence didn't uh, go down that path with Detective Berry.
1: A few things about that, Matt. I mean, one, uh, Mr Yovich has already said he's got no issues with the way um, Mr Edwards was arrested. There's no issues with the arrest warrant or anything along those lines. So you don't need to... Question the officer there. Um, th- th- this fireworks. Well, um, we know what Mr. Edwards says. We know what the ex-wife says, and we know what this newspaper article says. So, if he was going to ask the officer how he went about that, that would have been, you know, a p- pretty uh, pretty lame question because we're <laughs> I mean, just sitting in a library. There's no real issue with that. Mm. And you- the and the trip to Victoria um, once again. Um, it was to establish the items were from Kira's post-mortem. Um, we don't think there's any challenge to that. Um, so he obviously felt that the uh, the evidence spoke for itself and he didn't need to really dig into it too, too much.
2: Tim, what do you make of the um, DNA from Louise King?
1: Yes, so that is, I mean, that was a bit more controversial, I've got to say. So Louise King was the Pathwest um, scientist that was, was giving evidence today where we... We knew she was being called because of her work that she'd done on, on um, several of the items in, uh, of, of interest, including the knife that was found near Jane's um, body. But in cross-examination, we then found out that she is or was one of the pathway scientists that uh, whose DNA had been found on in important exhibits Um when it wasn't supposed to be there mm. contamination and what we also found out for the first time today is what well, this this contamination event wasn't one of the ones that was mentioned by mr yoviji ah. opening so this is a this is another one on top and um, this is a, a, a separate item uh, rh 22 and rh 9 which are vegetation pieces of vegetation yep. that were found um uh on um uh, near one of the Uh, crime scenes and uh, when they were examined um, later they were they were shown to have um, Miss King's DNA on it. Um,
2: She didn't know that though did she?
1: Well she she... didn't she didn't know it at the time she didn't she she was asked whether she'd been told at the time Hmm. whether whether she which she'd found that out and she said no she'd found it out in preparation for the trial um, that other other obviously tests being done on that vegetation, we believe by the UK Lab Cellmark, um, looking for other DNA, um, and they found it. But uh, obviously, the the Pathwest would have preferred that they hadn't found Miss King's DNA on there because it it certainly wasn't supposed to be there.
0: And in in the examination of the knife that that was found in Wellard, what tests did she run on that?
1: So that was um, what we've heard about... um, a presumptive test so it's a pre-test done before they do the full DNA testing um, to, to ascertain whether there's anything there. Um, it, there's, there's two that they do, one for blood and one for DNA. Um, Mr King ran both of those and got nothing, got absolutely no sign of anything um, um, either DNA wise or blood on the blade, uh, on the handle Um, And even in the interior sort of workings of the knife, she was asked to swab inside the knife where the knife blade actually goes into the handle. Um, All that was done and nothing came back. Um, So the full DNA and blood analysis wasn't done because they weren't getting any hits off the presumptive tests. Um, which uh, I'm sure would have uh, would have been a little bit of a blow to the um, to the investigators um, who would have been desperate to see if there was anything that they could um, get off that knife um, to connect um, it directly to Jane.
2: Because we all were quite excited when we first heard about that Tilstra knife, but then it just didn't go anywhere, and now it's been confirmed that they found nothing on it at all.
0: Mm, yeah. And they did mention, she did mention that she had found on, I think, the tip of the knife a, a sticky... sticky yeah.
1: Mm,
0: yeah. Green, yellowy mm. substance. But mm. was that tested?
1: Well, she was testing for something in particular, or well, two things in particular, obviously, blood and, and DNA. Mm. Um, and so when she couldn't really ascertain what that was... Um, they, they they really need to know what it is before they can test for it. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? That so, um, but what they did test is whether the knife was sharp, and that was as simple as trying to cut a piece of paper with it, and it sliced through that um, quite easily. So this this knife was considered sharp. We've seen pictures of it. it. It wasn't that rusty. There were little rust spots on it, but it wasn't it wasn't in in um, in a sort of de- degraded state or anything like that. Um, but it also wasn't uh, wasn't contaminated with anything that might um, might help investigators.
2: And we're going to continue our team with the um, hearing more forensic scientists. I thought actually we were heading towards the police team, which who I can understand a lot better because they speak in mums and dads language. You know, <laughs> to have to through all the, the scientific acronyms that are over there. But it seems like we're going backwards. To them, and then some more, and the judge is getting a little bit cranky over.
1: Oh, yes, yeah. ever there oh, was a so bit of
0: tenseness a, today, wasn't oh, there?
1: Very, very, yes, it did get a bit testy this afternoon. So, Ali's right, we, I just I mentioned it a couple of days ago, I was talking to Damien outside, Damien Crips outside court, and he, he, um, labelled it the grind when you could just really get into the guts of the of the real technical evidence. And we, and we saw a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel when uh, when DSC Berry was giving his evidence this morning. But then this afternoon, um, Andrew McDonald, who is a very senior scientist, um, with now with PathWest, had been at CellMark before that and had been at FSS before that. So he's worked all three of these labs that are so vital to this case but he's now resident in Perth um, <clears throat> and he was called to give evidence about testing that Salmark had done in 2017 and 2018 sort of jumping to, again to after Mr Edwards was arrested and they uh, police sent all the um, fingernail exhibits apart from um, 40, 42 and 48 over to the UK again to be retested again using yes. their um, ultra-modern DNA techniques to see if they could glean anything else. And uh, uh, Mr. McDonald, who's the lead DNA scientist at Selmark at the time, uh, a reporting scientist who's qualified to give evidence in court, and so that's what he did today. And he told us that all, when all those tests were done with the super-duper extra cycles and, and extra alleles looked for, they found nothing but Kira's DNA. Um, which the judge was a bit perturbed about. He, and then he raised it quite, quite sternly with uh, one of the prosecutors, Miss Payne, Tara Payne, who was, um, who was leading this evidence. And he asked her no, in no terms what, why are you telling me this? What's, what's the point of all this? Um, and Miss Payne uh, uh, bravely and gamely tried to explain why um, and, and made a good point that it showed not only that there was no other suspect, um, so we're not looking for you know someone else, but there was also no other contamination of mm. all all these other fingernails which are which are both quite valid. But the judge said, surely there's an easier, simpler, quicker way. You can tell me all this, and uh, and so he basically sent them all off with a flea in the ear for about twenty minutes to go and get some documents so they could put up on the on the uh, on the court screens. And once we got back, Miss Payne. Raced through. There was it was very brief um, evidence. Um, after that, which which confirmed everything she said, um, it was done in in, in in an abridged fashion, shall we say, to um, to try and appease Justice Hall's um, slightly uh, irritable <laughs> um, um, questioning of um, of why he's listening to all this.
0: So he, it sounds more and more like he is just after very very concise information.
1: Well, it's relevant information. I think more than concise. Now, I think he's quite happy to hear it at length if it needs to be done mm. at length. But yeah, it, there's a lot of this,
2: duplication. It, it
1: mm. was, and there was, so there was a spreadsheet, a very com, uh, comprehensive spreadsheet, placed on the oh. on the screen that um, that Mr. McDonald and, and another colleague had made of all the results. And it took Justice Hall about two minutes to scan it, um, where it was taking us two minutes to just he it and he scanned it all and said look I see all this what's it all about why do I need to see this well you know why do I need to go through it all uh, there's there's nothing that links it to Mr Edwards there's nothing links it to Mr anyone else so what's the point of it and yeah. um, and and so that uh, as I say led to an abridged version um, not unimportant but I, I think done in the way that he would have preferred, which was short and sharp and to the point.
2: Because everything, of course, it's presented. He has to analyse and then give a reason why it's important or it's not important. And goodness me, there's just so much paperwork. And so what we get a bit of a breather tomorrow to regroup, do we?
1: yes yes we do so mr mcdonald will have to come back because he wasn't cross-examined today um so that will be interesting because again that will go to some of these contamination events because it was Sal marker who actually discovered a couple of these contamination events that were raised by mr jovich way back in his opening in november um, and these are to do with um james fingernails um some intimate swabs that were taken from Jane and Kira and some um, vegetation. So Salmark found all those when they were testing this big batch of um, exhibits. So we'll get to hear that um, on Thursday because Mr Jovic says, can I have a little bit of time to go through some very late disclosure that I got uh, yesterday or this morning? Um, so he needs a little bit of time. So the judge has um, judges given everyone 24 hours just to um, just to get their heads together.
0: So that's unusual. They're not, um, it, when this has happened before and there's been this uh, adjournment, um, we've sort of pushed through other witnesses. That's not happening tomorrow?
1: Well, no, because we're getting towards the end of the DNA um, portion of the trial now. And that, there's not actually that many witnesses to go. So they can't bring other witnesses in out of time and um, relating to the fibres, for instance, because that would throw everything out. And that would, you know, the prosecution are trying to keep it all as compacted uh, into blocks as they can. So it's got, and obviously, we haven't heard from Dr. Whitaker yet. There are other Path West um, people to come, as I mentioned last night. Egan, who's very senior, and that will take some time. So, rather than. Um, um, Mix it all up again and maybe get out of sequence. Um, the judge was quite happy um, for um, Mr. Yovich to be accommodated to get the time to go through the other stuff. And of course, if they were to they were to bring other witnesses in tomorrow, it would mean Mr. Yovich's court um, mm. uh, concentrating on that evidence and not maybe getting the time that he's asked for to 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 get his cross examination all. Um, clear and free in his mind. So, look, it, it might feel like we're losing a day, but in the grand scheme of things, um, if it can maybe get Mr. Jovich, give Mr. Jovich some time to really pinpoint on the things he wants to um, look at, it might actually save some time in the long run.
0: I can only imagine for all of those involved a day of reprieve here and there would probably be a welcome thing, you know, not not just for um, the lawyers but for the families and everyone else who's attending, attending court and, you know, even yourselves.
1: Oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, we, we're the last, I mean, Mr Edwards will have to get up early tomorrow and get on the bus and come to court um, and, and, and then go home. Um, the security guards will get a day off the court staff, the associates who are working so hard for Justice Hall getting all the exhibits and, and evidence up on the screens in you know double quick time. So everyone g- just, just gets a little breather which...
2: Except one, for Mr Jovich. I well, <laughs> right.
1: but yeah, I, I, I said it gets a breather out of court once on Gallo and her team will be cracking on with some stuff that, um, that, that they, they've got to do as well. Um, so yeah, it, it gives everyone a little, a little bit of time out of court but of of course both both those teams will be be working super hard um, as I'm sure me me and Ali will on on stuff that we've got to do too
0: (laughs) Well thank you both for your time today so just to recap there, court won't be sitting tomorrow but we will be back with a bonus episode in which we'll speak to journalists who were on the scene that morning when Edwards was arrested and we hope to have your company then, bye for now
1: This podcast was produced by Kate Ryan and Alicia Preedy and recorded in the studios of Seven West Media. Audio files were provided from the archives of the Seven Network and the West Australian. Sign up for daily emails and all the latest on the Claremont trial at thewest.com.au. Enjoying this podcast? If the story behind the headline matters to you, then you can count on thewest.com.au to deliver. For more on Claremont The Trial, follow the live blog. Watch the nightly news updates and sign up for daily email updates at thewest.com.au. Subscribe now for just a dollar a day at thewest.com.au.